Listening to Lester the Nightfly. Today we're going to talk about a variety of music, but the center point of what we're going to talk about is opera. Yes, opera. We're going to dive into some beautiful singing, uh, a few different operas, some German, some Austrian, and we're going to do that through the eyes of an opera singer, a vocalist named Rebecca Kidney. Rebecca, thank you for being here. Welcome to Lester the Nightfly. Hello, thank you so much for having me. You don't know where that name comes from, do you, Lester the Nightfly? I don't. Is it something I should know? No, you're not supposed to know that. <laughs> you're not old enough to know that. Um, do you remember Steely Dan, the, the band Steely yeah, Dan? Yeah, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker were Steely Dan. Walter's gone. Donald's still out there playing at the Beacon and doing cool stuff. And he had a record right after a bunch of Steely Dan records, and it was a solo album, and it was called The Nightfly. And on the cover, you should look it up at some point, there's Donald, cigarettes, coffee, it's four in the morning, and he's got a big microphone and a turntable, and he is Lester the Nightfly. His character that he wrote about in one song called The Nightfly was this late night jazz and conversation guy. Well, I heard that when I was in college at Michigan, and I said, I, I want to be Lester someday. I want to talk to crazy people all night, and, 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 and you know, and nobody's listening, and I, I want to be Lester. And, um, and now I'm, uh, that's my show. That's why I got the name. That's great. Uh, you know, I love hanging out and talking, especially late night cigarette, coffee in hand. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much, young lady, of those cigarettes. Oh, I know. I have a cigarette. For your voice. <laughs> Candy cigarettes. We'll go to Economy Candy and we'll get some candy cigarettes, right? I'll just preface this with, I met Rebecca very briefly at the Giulio Gari competition. She's a winner of the competition. There were a selection of wonderful singers. Out of about 90, nine were finalists and were awarded prizes. Rebecca was one of those and it was in the middle of May, right here in New York on the Upper East Side, a very fancy Lederkranz house. And uh, we met briefly and I'm getting involved with the, the foundation in lots of ways. And this is our chance to talk about your career, the awards, and really your playlist, because Rebecca has brought us a really, really interesting playlist, and we'll talk more about that. But before we get into all that, Rebecca, tell us about you, your life, your career, whatever you want to share about who you actually are. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Minnesota originally. And I went to my undergrad I did at the University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire. And I, I went there. I, I knew I wanted to pursue music. I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. But I actually went to the school because I was recruited to play softball there. So I played softball all four years. Um, we won a national championship in 2008. It was awesome. Uh, and then after that, I went to University of Houston to 
get my master's in music because at that point I had really solidified that opera was for me. And I, yeah, I went to get my master's in vocal performance. And then after that, I bounced around. I, I worked in Colorado. I worked in Maine, North Carolina, Florida, beep, blah, 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 everywhere. And um, then I had a gap in my schedule. So I decided to move to New York city and been here in Manhattan since. Uh, how long ago was that? How long have you been here? I moved here, officially moved here uh, 2016. Okay. I, I had, was coming here a lot to audition and, and compete in different things. And I would sublet for a bit. And then I wanted to have more of a home base. So New York was it. So being in New York, uh, being a singer, uh, you have access to some amazing teachers, amazing talent, and the Metropolitan Opera, among other resources. Do you get there? Do you get to see much at the Met? I do. I'm, I'm very uh, fortunate that this year, especially, I saw a ton of shows at the Met. I saw Hamlet, the Turandot. It was scandalous because Anna Netrebko was going to be doing it. And then they had Lyudmila Monasterska doing it. It was wonderful. Fire Shut Up in My Bones was the first one I saw last year. Oh, that was so terrific. And I'm happy, especially that they've been doing newer works again. It's not always at the, or at the Met that they produce contemporary works. So I'm very happy for that. Did you see Ariadne? I did see Ariadne, yes. I hope so. After you sang Ariadne <laughs> auf Naxos, a piece from that opera for your, your performance, right? I did, yes. Lise D Davidson is of a class of her own. She is fantastic. And you saw that with Isabel Leonard also, right? In the cast? Yep. yep. And Brenda Ray as Zerbinetta. So you're in good company, young lady. <laughs> Isabel Leonard was a Gari winner. Oh, that's right. That's right. Pretty cool. She's my favorite of the Gari winners. I, I, she's dreamy. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> she's I've always thought she's just like, wow, she's so amazing. Did you see um, Akhenaten by any chance? I did not, no. Blew me away. Ugh. Blew me away. I only saw two, Marriage of Figaro and Akhenaten this year. And both were wonderful. Akhenaten I, is still here in my head right now. Uh, the cadences of Philip Glass. Of course, he was there on stage and it was a big deal. That blew me away. I mean, uh, I, you know, you, maybe you have to like minimalism, uh, maybe. But the, the crowds were incredible dressed yeah. to the nines very fancy men in drag i was at the premiere and it was just amazing and the opera just delivered and anthony anthony costanzo just mind-blowing with that countertenor it was one of my highlights i mean that's one of my highlights rebecca ever like up with the ring cycle that i saw at the met i put akhenaten right next to that oh, for wow. me it's so beautiful all the footage i've seen from it it's all the slow motion and the I, I just, it looked really beautiful. No, I didn't get a chance to see it though. So you're a big winner and we have a recording of you to start us off. How about that, fancy lady? We're going to listen to Es gibt 
Einreich. Oh, please, you do it. Is that is that close even? Oh, you're very close. Es gibt ein Reich. 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 Yeah, there you go, like a cat. Got it. This is from Ariadne. This is Richard Strauss. This is what Rebecca sang at the final performance. Uh, let's listen to it. Listen to Rebecca, and then we'll talk a little bit about it.
started with that from my first round. I'm saying es gibt ein Reich. Uh, it was the, my first time using it in an audition. I've I've recorded it um, and sung it in coachings and and things, but in a live audition, that was my first time doing it. And then for the second round, I started with it again, and they both times didn't need to hear anything else. And then for the for the concert, they asked to sing that. So I, I only sang, <laughs> I only sang three times. I went one week, had never sung it, and then three times in one week. And for all we know, she can't sing anything else. We have no <laughs> idea. This lady has got one song. She, she, she could- One trick pony. Right. But but what a trick it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If it ain't broke, and it won't, it wasn't broke. It's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, let's talk about it for a second though, before we move on to your wonderful playlist, which I, I can't wait to dive into. You are a smart person. Uh, and I'll say that because, um, you picked the right song for your voice. And I will just say that others who we were all like marveling at didn't selection was really important and i'm a bit of a layperson in this area so i don't know this other than having heard the judges in the conversation saying what a beautiful voice that person had but they sang the wrong aria and you clearly sang the right aria did you know that did you spend a lot of time thinking about what to sing how did you know that that richard strauss and that particular aria was going to work for you good question that aria i have loved for a long time i've loved Strauss since I since I heard him for the first time and it was something that I I had sung some some a little bit lighter roles of of Strauss and it wasn't until the pandemic when I was working up some of my different arias and I realized you know uh, the Arabella was what I used to sing that is a Strauss aria and I was thinking, okay, I can work up Arabella again, or I can use this as an opportunity to kind of level up and work on Arabella, or excuse me, work on Ariadne. And so I, I decided to work on that. Like I said, I coached it a bit. I'd recorded it a few times. And this was my first time using it in an audition. So I really wanted to go out showing what I thought would showed me off the best. It shows my low extension. It shows my high extension. It definitely, sh I have long uh, line. I have big lungs and I can sustain a very long line. So it, it shows that. Uh, and then in the second round, I wasn't sure what I should sing. And I looked at the list that I had given them. And that still, I thought was the best thing that I could sing. So I was, I just thought, oh, I'll do it again. Work the first time. What did you know about the foundation before you entered it? Is it known among singers it's an international competition i know that but what can you say about the the thing itself it is definitely a known competition it's a big competition in new york city it's up to 35 is the age limit and i looked at the winners the winners usually were between 30 and 35 so i kind of wanted to wait and let myself cook a little bit more so I, I had never entered it before, but it's definitely well known. Was it nerve wracking or just fun? Or how do you describe your experience during that thing? I get nervous maybe like two, three days before. And then when it's time to actually sing, I'm, I'm ready and excited. Uh, so this, I, but this week I was just excited. I was very, very happy to be back in a room with people instead of doing a Zoom audition or a 
sending in a recording for something. I am a people person. I get energies from other people. And I just really wanted to express in a room filled with live humans. Super cool. Yeah, it really was fun. I was able to attend the finals and then the concert. So I was able to, and that was the first time I'd ever seen a vocal competition. Uh, it turns out my mom used to run the Met auditions in Detroit when they did them in other, the outer boroughs, <laughs> in, okay. in, in the hinterland, you know, the middle. Um, yeah, we, I grew up in Michigan and, and the, my mom was always in charge of that before they stopped doing that, that regional thing. So I, but I never attended. I ne never attended. I will tell you though, when the Met toured um, and Detroit was on the tour, I remember weeks where I went, you know, eight performances. Like I, I would go the two on Saturday, like, and I, every day at work, I'd be reading librettos and getting smart and then going that night. I mean, it was unforgettable where it was just like opera, opera, like crazy. It was fun. I love that. You know, when it grabs you, it really does. It's, it's unlike anything else, the art form. Uh, it's better than anything else. Uh, <laughs> and I can say that and I can be probably people can throw rocks at me, but I, I really believe that. Uh, and I love, uh, by the way, if you ask me what's your favorite form of music, I'll say house music. I, you put me in a, a, a state of euphoria with thump, thump, thump and a beautiful melody. And, and I, I love dance house, uh, really, really love it. But I regard opera as the highest form of artistic achievement uh, uh, on, on earth. And it isn't just your part, your singing, it's the composition, it's all the other attributes that come together, the staging and the scenography and the, uh, the, the, the story, the writing, I, you put it all together. I don't think there's anything that can compete with opera, in my opinion. It's um, the Gesamtkunstwerk. Do you know Ooh, that? That's I know that word. I could probably not say it, but say it again, please. Gesamtkunstwerk. The, the whole total work? Is that what that means? Yeah, yeah. No, that's what no. Wagner, he, well, he said it more so because he was so controlling of all of the parts of opera, but that is the all-encompassing art form that makes up opera. I, see. Um, I love that you love house music too. You should, we should uh, find a house music opera composer and blend the two. I, oh yeah. And I, th I think that there have been ideas in that department. I think I saw 20 years ago, kind of on a house opera performance and I never turned into anything. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting thing. Well, I love what you were saying about modern operas. You know, they're doing champion this coming mm -hmm. fall. Mm -hmm. So that's another um, work along the same lines of fire shut up. And I've seen champion actually. Oh, you did. it's it amazing. Uh, no, uh, I saw it. SF Jazz did a DVD of or a, a HD broadcast of, of their performance, and they were kind enough to share it with me when I was doing homework for Fire, and it's, it's wonderful. And it's, by the way, it's a true story of a man who's still alive. That's potent stuff. It's going to be really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, let's get to your list. We start um, with A Strange Loop. Uh, this is a Broadway musical that has had a little bit of an adventurous history, although it did sort of begin again this year, right? I've, I got some notes, the Lyceum Theater in New York, April 26th. Uh, why do you have a, an affinity for the A Strange Loop, um, the musical and the song? Well, it just won the best musical at the Tonys this last weekend. And I saw it earlier this spring and it was such an honest piece of work. 
it's, it's honestly queer, honestly black, honestly American, honestly insecure. And it was so relatable while also being very specific. And I just, I fell in love with the music. I fell in love with the entire story and it's very meta. It's a, it's about a man writing a musical and he's writing the musical in the musical that he's writing you get. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And I, I fell in love with it. So I wanted to include it. So cool. I had not heard uh, really much about it. So uh, now it's a big deal. Let's listen to a strange loop. This is from the, the musical, A Strange Loop, uh, here on Lester the Nightfly. I am the story's writer. I'm barely scraping by. I wake up every morning. I tell myself to try. I say no compromises I claim to have a plan When I am nothing more than An angsty gay black man Who looks into the mirror Despite the grief it brings Who hears these sloppy S's Betray him as he sings Sometimes I feel so ugly Sometimes I feel so smart Some people stand together Me well I stand apart Should I give up on hoping My point of view will shift And let this agony Just be my greatest gift But if that is the secret Does that make any sense? How can I change forever? If I stay on the fence With doubts I let define me And lust I can't express In pain I keep avoiding And rage that I repress I should stop overthinking And do the thing that's tough Unleash my hungry lion Cause Dorothy's had enough Of toxic Tyler Perry In white gay male tyranny my secret inner white girl Though she is dear to me But would that be sufficient? Or would that be a sham? Cause even with those actions I'm stuck with who I am Someone whose self-perception Is based upon a lie Someone whose only problem is with the pronoun I Maybe I don't need changing Maybe I should regroup Cause change is 
just an illusion, just an illusion, just an illusion. An eye is just an illusion, just an illusion, just an illusion. A falter, just an illusion, just an illusion, just an illusion. Then what a strange. with Rebecca Kidney. That was musical music, (laughs) music from a musical. But you know, there is a root, and I don't know if there's a musical homage or it's just the name, but the song called Strange Loop by Liz Fair is noted as one of the inspirations for this piece and this this, uh, musical. So, I have it. It's from the original record from 1993, Exile in Guyville, which was a very notable record by this artist, Liz Fair. Do you know Liz Fair? Do you know her music at all? I don't, no. no. Okay. Yeah, I barely do. And, and, but it's, uh, it's along the, the lines of uh, uh, music that I really like. Female singer, guitar, very avant-garde. It was a big record for her, highly regarded indie kind of sound. Let's take a listen together then. It's a strange loop from Liz Fair from the record Exile in Guyville. Fighting 
Spotlight on you. This is uh, John Prine. Absolutely lovely. I had to look him up and understand who he was. Beautiful music. What? What? Why do you love this one? Uh, this is probably my all-time favorite song. I've listened to it since I was a little kid. My my parents are are big folksy type. Uh, they're like hippies grown up, so they they listen to a lot of folk music and. Uh, John Prine is a wonderful poet, lyricist, storyteller. And every time I listen to this song at every point in my life, it hits me differently. And so that's how I know that it's, it's definitely a good song. You know, it had the, the line of um, how the hell can a person go to work in the morning, 
and come home in the evening and have nothing to say. And it just is about going through your life without realizing you're going through your life. And I think we all do that. We are on autopilot. We're just going through our days and not being present in the moment. And so listening to it reminds me to, to stick to my path and know what path I'm on. Is that a conscious behavior for you? Are you able to find a moment in your day and say, okay, take a breath. Today is a Wednesday. How am I going to take advantage of my Wednesday? Is, that a, is there a, a routine you do or anything? Definitely. Yeah, I, I, do, I have a morning routine where I journal and I meditate. I'm very, I try to stay as centered as possible, especially, um, especially if I'm performing or something like that, because it's very easy for me to think ahead. I think quickly and I can jump, jump ahead and then I, you realize you're not actually living your life in your moment. You're only living for the next half hour or the next day or two. It's really a challenge. Uh, it's just coincidentally, I was discussing thinking about this with my daughter, I think yesterday on the bus, taking her to school, the M9 bus, um, and just trying to talk about appreciating. And she, she brought it up. She literally looked up to me, she's nine, and said, you know, there's only one day that's today. There's only one moment and there will never be another one. And it really hit her yesterday, truly, that this was the one time and the time keeps moving and that these are occasions that will never be repeatable and that you should try to uh, appreciate that it's happening at the very least. I don't think she was thinking, I got to take advantage of every second, but I think she was saying, you know, this is what is called time and it's passing and these are fleeting moments. It was really insight, insightful from a nine-year-old as we were on the bus yesterday. Yeah, that's incredible. And I love that it was while you were in transit, which is inherently a state of being for the future, right? That's, she's, she's a smart one. She is. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You know, it's beautiful to see through the eyes of another person or a child, the freshness. I, I her name is Adelaide. Um, and I, she's nine and she'll be a great 10 year old and a great 50 year old, but something going on around nine or 10 years old is really special. I said this to my oldest, who's now 24, Maxine. And I remember she and I decided when she was 10, we're all good. That's it. She doesn't need to age anymore. She's, <laughs> she's aware enough of the world. She, she doesn't have any responsibility. Like we were all really good with 10. And for me, it's Adelaide at nine and 10, I think are just, just the magical times, magical times. We're going to return to the opera. We're going with La Boheme. When the notes start, do you just start crying immediately? Or, or how do you handle it? Because when I heard the notes, having seen La Boheme 20 times, I immediately like, oh my God, they're talking about, talking about Mimi and Musetta and uh, this is the act four and, and Mimi's going to come in and, or Musetta's going to come in and, and, and like, oh, it all rushed back. So, how do you handle this? <laughs> oh, I, I know. I cry every time I see Boheme, even though, and she dies every time. Every time she dies. It kills me. Why can't they fix that? Come I know. On. We've got modern medicine. Does anyone not know that? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. I just, um, a friend of mine was in it. So I just saw it um, at Regina Opera a couple of weeks ago. And I was a baby crying like I've never seen it before. It's it's so good. And I, uh, Bohème for me was my entrance to opera. I was a big Rent fan. Rent the musical. 
was based on La Boheme, I got a copy of a production that they did. It's the Sydney Opera House. I had a DVD of it and I had to wait. I, it was the first thing I ever bought online and I had to wait for weeks and weeks for it to come. And I watched it and I was just uh, enthralled and in tears and just, it, it captured me. Absolutely. And I, um, so I wanted to include Boheme and this part of Boheme for me is the thesis and crux of the entire thing. You know, we think of Rodolfo and Mimi as the main story, but it's not. It's about these these men and their inability to communicate with each other and but their want to be emotional together. And this duet that Marcello and Rodolfo sing together, they're singing in a beautiful like Mozartian way. They are singing basically the same thing about two different people and they but they're not singing together it's a duet it's a like two solo things happening at the same time and then they look at each other and they sigh and they go back to their lives and it's it's so good it's just so good it's stunning it's stunning it's a moment it's a moment you have carlo bergonzi in this recording and ettore bastianini yeah yeah. I don't I know Bergonzi. I didn't know the other out of the gentleman. Oh, yes, yes. Um Bergonzi is my absolutely favorite Rodolfo. He's just got a voice like caramel. So cool. Let's take a listen. This is act 4 from La Boheme. It's a small moment. Uh two men pining, lamenting, wondering about the women that they love. Here from Puccini. <laughs> Lavoriamo. 
Uh, your fellow winner, um, Jonas, Jonas Yud. Did you get to meet Jonas at all? I did, yes. That charming devil. Um, he, he and I did an interview recently, the uh, same kind of thing that we're doing now for the radio and to celebrate his win at the Gari Foundation in New York. And he chose the, um, as one of the uh, arias that he loves, that he sings, the Colleen, is it, isn't it Colleen who sings about his coat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a little conversation about that just, just recently. Another beyond belief tears moment of a man who's going to sell his coat for medicine that in the end will not help. And it's his beloved coat that he's lived with and is his only coat and it's winter. And my God, again, we're tear, we're, we're crying. <laughs> and when, you know, as, as we look at the world of music, the Pantheon, Rebecca, of music out there and all the sounds and the, the soundscapes and the artists, what could go better with uh, Puccini and La Boheme than Carlos Santana, <laughs> right? Isn't that just like, well, like, you can't have one without the other. They're just I, like- I mean, they're, yeah, it's in one breath. In one breath. <laughs> so you chose some Santana. Can you tell us about Carlos and this record from 1981 and this song? And what, what, what's going on here, young lady? Forgive me if I'm wrong, but this is a winner's uh, thing a concert so i wanted to include a winning song i get it uh, now i didn't get it i get it now <laughs> no but i i honestly i love this song my dad uh, was a guitar player and santana has such a distinct guitar sound to me he sings through his guitar and i i i can pick out his timbre um and i i've always loved this song and there's a line from it that in in my head i'd lost before i'd begun and I know that feeling so well. I think everybody knows that feeling. And then to win after getting through that is just, it's better than thinking you're going to win and win, you know? So cool. Let's listen to, well, we're going to do this. We're going to listen to Winning by Carlos Santana from 1981, the record Zebop. But we're going to move into something else right afterward. And then we'll talk about that, that surprise track in a second.
And that is going to do it for this show. We will have to return next week to hear Rebecca's comments about this David Bowie track. And we have a whole bunch more from Rebecca's playlist to go through. We've got some more opera. We've got a whole bunch of other interesting things like Leader, Jonas Kaufmann, some other fun tracks that she has selected for us. So see you next week. Same place, same time, right here on Lester the Nightfly. This has been a PJ DJ production. Thank you.